Welcome to Deborah Byrne Psychology Services Podcast. I am Deborah Byrne, a psychologist and your host for today. In my podcasts, I talk about a wide range of topics, including relationships, parenting, education, disability, mental health, and the most important topic I consider of all, self-care. I like to keep it informative and practical so that you can become empowered. This podcast is for adults and is for informational purposes only and should never replace your regular therapy sessions. Episode 93, Understanding Phobias. What are phobias? In short, a phobia is an overwhelming and debilitating fear of an object, place, situation, feeling or animal. Phobias are the most common type of anxiety disorder. They can affect anyone, regardless of age, sex and social background. Phobias are more pronounced than fears. You may not like having to deal with a spider in your home, or flying may cause you a small amount of anxiety, but you are still able to deal with it. With a phobia, you won't. Phobias develop when a person has an exaggerated or unrealistic sense of danger about a situation, place or object. When the phobia becomes very severe, a person may organise their life around avoiding the thing that's causing them anxiety and depression. This will cause them to restrict their day-to-day life and it can also cause a lot of distress for them. People may not experience any symptoms until they come into contact with the source of their phobia. But in some cases, thinking about the source of a phobia can make a person feel anxious or panicky. This is called anticipatory anxiety. Some of the most common phobias. 1. Arachnophobia, fear of spiders. 2. Claustrophobia, a fear of confined spaces. 3. Agoraphobia, a fear of open spaces and public places. 4. Social phobia, a fear of social situations. Symptoms of phobia. Sweating, trembling, hot flushes or chills. Shortness of breath or difficulty breathing. A choking sensation. Rapid heartbeat. Pain or tightness in the chest. A sensation of butterflies in the stomach, nausea, headaches and dizziness, feeling faint, numbness or pins and needles, dry mouth, a need to go to the toilet, ringing in your ears, confusion or disorientation. You don't need to experience all of these symptoms to be diagnosed with a phobia. Some people may also experience psychological symptoms such as a fear of losing control, a fear of fainting, feelings of dread or a fear of dying. If people don't come into contact with the source of their phobia, then it may not affect their day-to-day life. But a phobia, such as agoraphobia, can prevent a person from leading a normal life. Types of phobia. Phobias can be divided into two main categories. One, specific or simple phobias, and two, complex phobias. Specific or simple phobias are centred on a particular object, animal, situation or activity. They often develop during childhood or adolescence, but can become less severe as you get older. Types of simple phobias include animal phobias, such as the fear of dogs, spiders, snakes or rodents. Environmental phobias, such as the fear of heights, deep water or germs. Situational phobias, such as visiting the dentist or flying. Bodily phobias, such as the fear of blood, vomit or having injections. Sexual phobias such as performance anxiety or a fear of getting a sexually transmitted infection. Complex phobias tend to be more disabling than simple phobias. They tend to develop 
during adulthood and are often associated with a deep-rooted fear or anxiety about a particular situation or circumstance two of the most common complex phobias are agoraphobia feeling anxious about being in a place or situation where escaping may be difficult if they have a panic attack the person avoids situations such as being alone or being in a crowded place or traveling on public transport social phobia or social anxiety disorder centers on feeling anxious in social situations people might be afraid of speaking in front of people for fear of embarrassing themselves or being humiliated in public it can become debilitating and may prevent the person from carrying out everyday activities or meeting friends what causes phobias phobias don't have a single cause but there are a number of associated factors which can be considered one being associated with a particular incident or trauma two being a learnt response developed early in life from a parent or a sibling three maybe genetic or brain chemistry evidence suggests that some people are born with a tendency to be more anxious than others diagnosing phobias most phobias aren't usually formally diagnosed although if you do feel you have a phobia it is recommended you seek help from your gp or main doctor first your gp will refer you on to a psychologist who can help especially if you have a complex phobia please remember that all types of phobias can be helped and people go on to live normal lives again people with a phobia are fully aware of the problem and a person will sometimes choose to live with the phobia However, by continually trying to avoid what you're afraid of will make the situation worse. You should seek help from a therapist and your GP or main doctor as soon as possible. Treatment of phobias. Almost all phobias can be successfully treated and cured. Simple phobias can be treated, for the most part, quickly, but treating complex phobias often takes longer. Phobias are generally treated using a combination of treatments such as talk therapy or counselling, and please make sure the therapist is qualified to treat phobias. Two, cognitive behavioural therapy techniques. Three, desensitisation or exposure therapy. This involves gradually increasing the length of time you're exposed to your phobia. Four, self-help, which I'll discuss shortly. Five, medication antidepressants tranquilizers and beta blockers but medication usually isn't prescribed for the treatment of the phobias but for the effects of the anxiety how can you help yourself each phobia is different and no single program will work for everyone a self-help program works best if it is used in conjunction with treatment from a qualified therapist initially where to begin one see your gp or main doctor and ask for help Two, get counselling from a qualified specialist. Three, ask your family and friends for support. Once diagnosed and getting initial support, one, read about phobias and anxiety, plus depression if you have been diagnosed as well. Information is empowering and means we can start taking back control over our lives again. Two, make sure your basic self-care is being taken care of. This is one of the first steps to taking back control over your life. I'll list some below I consider to be part of that basic self-care. Three, get regular exercise. Even 10 to 15 minutes daily will help, whether it's indoors or outdoors. Four, eating healthy and regular meals. You may not feel like this, but small frequent meals are better than none or overindulging in rubbish. Five, getting enough sleep. 
You can check out my blog about how to help yourself get better sleep. A link to this is in the description below. I also offer a free week-long course in my free group and you can also join that as well through the link in the description below. Six, reduce or avoid caffeine and other stimulants such as alcohol. These will make your anxiety worse. Looking at reducing your stress levels. One, use relaxation techniques and reduce your stress levels. For instance, you could try meditation, mindfulness or any series of physical exercise that may help you relax and take control of your breathing. Two, set no more than three priorities a day and use good time management techniques to help you keep on track. Three, visualization is very good as it combines relaxation and breathing techniques with mentally visualizing how you will successfully deal with a situation that could cause your anxiety or phobia. Your therapist will be able to give you one specifically tailored to your needs. Four, join a self-help group. This can be a useful way of meeting others with similar experiences and sharing ways of coping. It can be a group for anxiety or a general mental health support group either. Five, journaling is an excellent way to get rid of all your negative thinking. By writing it down in a specific journal, it helps us examine our thought patterns. It also aids sleep. A few other ideas that might also help. One, make sure you're setting boundaries, including with others. Two, plus rebuild your trust in yourself again. Your trust may be skewed if you've picked up the phobia as a result of a traumatic event. Three, if possible, take up a hobby, even one you can do at home. It will distract you when your thinking becomes too much. Work with me. If you need extra support, then you can also work with me. We all struggle with stress and overwhelm from time to time. If you find this has become a problem for you and you'd like some support, then schedule an appointment with me. You can do so through the link in the description below. There are links to many other helpful blogs and podcasts and videos in the original post. Again, you can find the links in the description below. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. This podcast is also available in a blog format, which you can access at www.deborahbrownpsychologyservices.com. Don't forget, you can also subscribe to this podcast, follow me on social media at DB Psychology, or subscribe to our mailing list, which is full of freebies and keeps you up to date on the latest blogs and podcasts. Be sure to tune in next week. 